You are listening to the Two Witnesses Podcast, where Michael and Caleb actually enjoy history with an occasional VeggieTales reference or two, and they show you that God's Word is much more interesting than Marvel Bros. the two witnesses podcast i'm michael and i'm caleb and it has been a really long time since we've been on here yes it has the world is in chaos right now it's armageddon two witnesses podcast quarantine edition (laughs) because people seem to be doing that like all over the place like i keep getting notifications for special quarantine editions of stuff yeah i was watching this drum drum set video earlier and the guy uh he lives in colorado and i guess they don't get much sun there or something and uh, he finally saw one ray of sunshine after being uh, quarantined for three weeks. And then he's like, oh my gosh, should I do it? And then he opened the door like three inches, stuck his hand out, and then he freaked out. He's like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to go wash my hands. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's what our world's come to now. Yeah. So, so Mike, what have you been doing in the or during this quarantine? Not a lot. Like, Life's normal. Still going to work? Yeah. Yeah, still working. I'm... I do cabinetry cabinetry work now, done with Walmart. Yes. Doesn't, so doesn't have to clean up the urinals anymore. Yeah. I got <laughs> out of there at the perfect time though because I got out of there literally the week before the world went mad. <laughs> yes. And so now I'm a finisher at a custom cabinetry, so a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. And because it's categorized under commercial construction, we're still working, so that's really nice. Um, other than that, mostly just sitting at home and not doing a lot. Yeah, and, and and him and Thomas coming over for sleepovers at my house so we can watch a Star Wars marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Okay, so Mike's gal Bailey, her dad had a drum set that he didn't want anymore, so. He gave it to me about two weeks ago, which is awesome, guys. I finally got a drum set after literally two years. I was, I was, I was, I was almost guaranteed a drum set on my birthday last year. So I've wanted this for a very long time. Finally, I got one, and it is amazing, guys. It's like pristine quality. I'm gonna replace some of the heads, but I've been beating the crap out of that every day. Yeah, and then uh, I um, first couple weeks I was just kind of frustrated because I don't agree with this quarantine thing and uh, I, I just I was letting my mind go to dark places and stuff and I don't know I just after being bored for two weeks I just decided okay I'm just gonna stop having a problem with this because it's it's not gonna go away anytime soon so I I um I found this guy on YouTube who makes props out of foam like movie props and I started building some Star Wars stuff I'm almost done so yeah, but I've been doing that. Um, been working around the house, homework online. I'm officially a homeschooler, guys. I prayed for it at the beginning of the year because I thought I would have my parents take me out, but since they didn't take me out, I guess God took me out in His own way. So this is not as enjoyable as I thought it would. If everything was still going on and I was homeschooled, that would be another thing. But yeah, nothing to do. So yeah, that's about it. 
Well, obviously, he's been doing more than I have. <laughs> anyway, so we're still in Job. Still in Chapter 1, in fact. Yes. Which, yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Thirteen. All right, here we go. Job chapter 1, starting in verse 13. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them, when the Sabians raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants, and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels and took them away, yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people, and they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robes, and shaved his head. And he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Wow. A lot of bad stuff happens really fast. Yes. Is there a search and replace where we can replace all of those with coronavirus? <laughs> <laughs> now, there was a day when his sons and daughters got coronavirus, and his oxen got coronavirus, and then the camels got coronavirus. And the sheep and the servants. And the sheep and the servants. And so he tore his rope. So there you have it, guys. The solution to coronavirus is take all your clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> and shave your head. Gotta, gotta have that shaved head. And then fall on the ground and worship the Lord. Yes. That's the most important part. Yes. <laughs> uh boy. He literally lost everything he had in terms of material possessions in, like, a matter of minutes. Yeah. It says while they were still speaking, so, like, two minutes and all of a sudden... He- Five minutes ago, he knew everything was great, and he was very joyful because everything's going great, and all of a sudden, BAM! In less than the time it took you to read that passage. God took it away. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff that happened. Yes. And honestly, I feel like this is a lot heavier than what we're going through right now. I know. I know. I was, I was just thinking the same thing and trying to figure out how to say that. Like, you know, people are having a hard time because they're stuck at home. And, like, everything that they have to do in terms of activities and stuff has been taken away. Yeah. Which we're both guilty of, Yes. By the way. Yes, we, we, we are. We don't like this at all, but... No, we don't. Continue. And we've both been guilty of feeling really, really lousy and depressed and frustrated and upset about it. You know? Because it sucks. Mm-hmm. It really does. But, at the same time, losing all of your activities versus losing everything you own... You know, I mean, we're stuck in our houses, sure, but at least your house hasn't burned down. Yeah. At least your family hasn't died, which is basically the only reason you fear coronavirus is so that you fear it for your loved ones and stuff, right? Right. And um, his job, all of his oxen and stuff died, and his job was to take care of his, his animals and stuff, so he lost his job. Right. And 
now he's he could he could freak out and worry because he has no means of of well I guess it did say he owned his property didn't he mm-hmm. <clears throat> well still though all his animals are gone so he can't eat any of them so he's gonna have to go to a market or something and buy but he is kind of lost his job so he might yeah all of all of his possessions everything he had that was worth anything is gone yeah. His children are gone, uh, and and his servants are gone too. Yeah. Um, so he has to do everything by himself now. Yeah. <laughs> and and his response is to worship God. Mm. Notice though, his wife is still alive. Yes. This is important later. Mm. It's not a blessing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have heard some interesting theories on that that I can <laughs> talk about when we get there. Oh yeah, I know it. I know it. I, I really can't think of another way to say this. Like, you know... Oh, and and this is something else, though. Um, okay, so all this horrible stuff happened to Joe, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and we've got all of this stuff that's happening to us today. You know, God allowed the stuff that happened to Job. We saw that in our, our last episode where Satan had to get permission from God. God had to give him permission. He had to allow it to happen. <clears throat> yeah. And he allowed it for a reason. Like, when we get to the end of Job, you can see that he's learned and he's grown from this. He becomes a wiser man through all of this. And God uses it for his glory and for his purposes. And and the same thing is happening with all of this coronavirus stuff, you know. I mean, yeah, it's not fun, it sucks and everything, but he's using it for his glory. He's allowing it to happen for a purpose. And I think he's using it differently in all of our lives. But I think, um, I've heard it put this way. It's just what I like to believe. I don't know if it's this or not, but it's just a cool way to put it. I think this is God's last hurrah. Like, do you want me or not to the world before he comes back? I don't know. That's, that's just, I, I've heard, I, like, that's not like, there's no, there's no way of knowing that. But mm-hmm. I just think that's kind of a... Yeah. Cool thing to think. Yeah, and and I don't know. It could be, or it could just be the latest wake-up call in a long series of wake-up calls. Yeah. Um, I was, I was listening to a thing on Amos. The today actually. Um, let me see if I can find the the section. Here we are. Amos. So. Um, Amos chapter 4, God talks about how he gave Israel cleanness of teeth, famine, lack of bread, he withheld rain, he struck them with blight and mildew, he sent a pestilence, he sent war, he uh, overthrew some of Israel, uh, as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and you were as a branch brand plucked out of the burning and yet Israel did not return to him uh, and so they're like let's see one two three four five six seven they're like seven different things that happened in that chapter one after the other over time that God was sending these wake-up calls trying to tell him you know trying to get him to come back to him 
and yet they didn't and they didn't and they didn't and they didn't and finally he's like okay I'm I'm going to send you into exile the Babylonians the Assyrians are going to come and they're going to take you away and you're not going to see this land again for for years for hundreds of years and so yeah I mean this could be his last wake up call or it could just be the newest one in a series of wake up wake up calls we don't know so, uh, verse 20, because I think uh, verse 13 through 18 are pretty self-explanatory. Uh, yeah. Bad 19, things happen 19. to Job. <laughs> yeah. So, the first thing that Job does, most of us, I think we would have gotten pissed at God. He, like, that doesn't mean we're going to turn from him, but I think we would have gotten very angry. Right. E- even if it wasn't specifically at God, you just have the ten- have the the mindset to just give up. You just want to give up because what's life living anymore yeah and then and then also the angry why does this have to happen to me mentality too yeah and, and, or or like i'm obeying god i'm serving god i love god so why why does this do i have to, to go through this i thought i'd get rewarded for being good but mm-hmm. um which the bible shows fairly conclusively is not true at all yeah, actually yeah. i think being good gives you suffering because then Satan's more after you and yeah yeah I mean if if you're doing what Satan wants then he has no reason to make life hard on you but if you're seeking God then yeah he hates you which which should be no surprise yeah you know the world hated Jesus first so tearing your robe was a uh, representation of mourning. Okay. So that's grief. But what, what about shaving yourself, though? Again, that's mourning, grief. It, okay. When you shaved your head, then that was a visible outward sign that you were in grief. You know, like, um, have you ever seen people wear um, uh, the black armbands around their arm when they go to a funeral or something, when someone dies? No. Okay. Uh, they're... That's one way that people will show grief a little bit more modern. Like, that's kind of gone out of style in the last um, 50 years, 60 years or so. But, like, uh, if you watch It's a Wonderful Life, after George Bailey's dad dies, you'll see George Bailey uh, wearing a black band around his arm. And that was a visible outward sign that he was in mourning. He was in grief. He had lost someone. And so the same thing with tearing your robe, shaving your head, putting ashes on your head, things like that. That's a sign of grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, yeah, you know, he humbled himself, he fell on the ground and worshipped God. So, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return there. What do you think you meant by that? Basically, I brought nothing into this world and I will take nothing out of it, you know. It clarifies that with the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Yeah. And personally for me, I think God gave me, like, I was going to hang out with my friends, youth group, Awana, stuff like that, probably four or five days a week mm-hmm. for a long period of time. So he definitely gave me for a while. Yeah. And I think he took it away from me. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, like, you know, the old saying, you know, you never know what you have until, you, until it gets taken away. Yeah. You know? And, and, and right you, now, I think I'd be content with, like, just youth group. 
<laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It's like one one thing. Mm. Um, yeah, and I mean, often they apply that saying to like love. You know, you you undervalue it until you don't have it. You know, thankfully, Lord willing, all of those activities and stuff will be coming back in the near future. Yeah. Um, Lord willing, but at least some of those activities will be coming back yeah. soon. Hopefully, Lord willing, and and really, when you think about it, you know, even two months is still near future. But you know, when those things come back, you know, we're definitely going to value them a lot more. You know, just getting to see people like once a week is going to be huge. You know, whereas before it was like you saw them every day and it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. You know, it was fun, but it wasn't huge. And then you don't get that for a month and a half. It's like well, by would... then it'll be three months. Yeah, yeah, month and a half, three months. And by that point, it's like, but I'm talking specifically like by this point right now. Oh, you yeah. know, it's been a month and a half ish, and it's like at this point, you know, it's like I wish I could see them just like, you know, once. <laughs> you know, spend an hour together. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be good when things come back, but. Yeah, definitely will value it a lot more. And I notice, you know, that Job, like, I don't think, if I remember correctly, the book of Job never explicitly accuses Job of wrongdoing. Uh, in verse 22, we have explicitly that Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. You know, he accepted what happened. You know, it still hurt, obviously. Yeah. Um, but he accepted it and he praised God in it, you know, which, which is really hard to do, you know, when, when you look at it, it's really hard to do that, yeah. especially right after something like that happens, you know, your whole family gets killed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> uh, praise God. My uh, wife is dead. <laughs> Uh, actually, she's still alive. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay, as soon as God tells him that, then he'll sin. <laughs> Ding dong, the wife is dead. <laughs> I don't know why we're laughing at that. <laughs> I don't know either. Uh, I, bl- I blame the quarantine. It's screwing with our sense of humor. Uh, yeah. Caleb and I were talking about prophecy and like whether or not the rapture is imminent, things like that, uh, before we started recording. And and I told him, you know, that to be strictly honest, like I don't really want the end times to happen yet because there are still things that I want to do here in this life, in this earth, you know, that I don't think I'd get to do if yeah. If that was to happen, I was thinking about that today, but um, then I was just thinking, okay, so, and I said this to Michael already, but if, if, say the rapture happened, boom, we're up in the sky with Jesus, okay, are we really gonna care at that moment after seeing Jesus and flying for the first time in your life? Um, are we really gonna care about what we could have had in this life? Rather than, are, are we going to be thinking, okay, what's happening now, and what's going to happen in the future, and 
I don't even. I think you're gonna completely forget this earth. I think once you see Jesus, it's gonna be like you finally see color in your life. And looking back, it's just a black, black and, and white, white movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, like I think once that actually happened, yeah, I probably wouldn't care anymore. Mm. But just thinking about it right now, I mean, this is the only life we've ever known. You know, this is the only world we've ever known. Yeah. And and yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like the thought of the end times coming, you know, tomorrow, maybe, makes me nervous. Honestly, yeah. Is that the right way for me to feel? I don't know. But yeah, I think I think there's a balance, and I think I lean a bit too much towards the side of like. See, I don't know if this is... I don't really know... In in that sense, I don't really know what my... um, How I should feel about end times. Because my go-to is like, yes, Jesus is coming back. This is awesome. But then like people like my dad tells me, okay, you shouldn't be so excited about that because there's going to be some bad things that are going to happen. And I've heard that from a lot of people. But then again, like... Shouldn't we be eager? Because, yes, bad things may happen, but one, if it's pre-trib, we'll go before the bad things happen. And two, if if it's not pre-trib, that's seven years of suffering for eternity with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, like, that concept doesn't really bother me. Like, either... Like, the bad things that happen, like, that that doesn't bother me, yeah. honestly. It doesn't bother me either. And I don't know if that's a problem, but... I, I, don't, I don't know either. <laughs> like, should it bother me or should it not? I don't know. Yeah. Um, what bothers me is just the thought of the things that I want to do that I'm not going to get to. Mm-hmm. And... The, that's I think that's the only thing that bothers me about it. Yeah. If I was, like, 40, I'd be all good. <laughs> right? Because you've, you've done pretty much everything you yeah. really, you want to do. And I don't yeah. have to grow old and be, like... Yeah. Yeah. Can't walk and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think... I think it's just, like... I think partly it's just because we are young. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that, that we think that way. Like, because there are things that we really want to do that we haven't gotten to do yet. Yeah. You know? And, but on the other hand, no matter when the rapture and tribulation happens, there are going to be people who are in our position. Yeah. You know, there, there are going to be people in that spot, no matter when it happens. So, why should we be exempt from that, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, now that we're on the topic of... Uh... Of end times, because I think we kind of covered a lot that was in that chapter, so right now we're just going to kind of go off on our little shtick. Um, yeah, and we are going to stop there, because uh, we're going to do a special episode. Our next episode is going to be a special one. Uh, we're probably not going to get out of verse one. Yes. And because we decided... Uh, during our pre- after we did our previous episode, that the next time we encountered the phrase "sons of God," we were going to really like dive into what that entails, yeah, and just focus on that phrase in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So, 
that will be the next episode. Yes. But for now. End for times. Now. End times. All right, guys. Prophecy update. Uh, John has actually sparked my interest in end times again. It's been kind of doling lately. But John's John, I've been texting John. And we've bo- both been doing a lot of research on things going on in the world right now. And thing, I mean, I'm not going to say it's here, but things are starting to line up pretty weirdly. Um, kind of suspicious, um, because, so th- there's a, uh, there's a chip that I've known about for a while that it, it hasn't been, like, popular until, like, after 2000, I, I don't know, I want to say 10 or 15, something like that, just recently, and it's very popular in Sweden. It's not too popular over here, but believe it or not, you can get it. It's a microchip, okay, it's a microchip that Basically, you can have it injected, and it's like the size of a, of a rice grain. You can have it injected into um, between your, on your right hand between your pointer finger and your thumb, that little area of uh, skin. You can have it injected there, or um, well, that's that's all you can right now. But uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and Bill Gates actually have all been uh, tinkering with it, and as of September last year. Uh, Elon Musk claimed that he could connect it to neural pathways um, to use, to so you can connect it to your brain and, like, the information in your brain and stuff, and by next September, um, which would be this year. So that's a couple months away. Um, and Zuckerberg has, uh, has gotten in, into that... Um, He's been trying to work at that. He, he just announced that he's going to try to take it further. But he's going to actually be placing it in the forehead. So specifically your forehead, in the front of your head. Um, and Bill Gates, there's... Okay, th- this is not straight fact. There are tons of rumors about about him right now um, that he claims are not true, which they could be false to some extent, but I think all rumors have some sort of truth in it. Otherwise, it'd just be a straight-up lie. Um, and... There's rumors going around that, uh, not to strike fear or anything, but Bill Gates is um, is th- th- considering using this chip uh, in a way to combat coronavirus, um, maybe possibly connected with a vaccine or um, or something else that they're they're working on is connecting it to 5G, which would mean these chips that you have in your hand or your head, which that's not there yet. Um, can uh, can track you wherever you are, but it's not just like your phone. Where you, it, we've had that for a while, your phone can track you. People, the government can probably hack into that and track you. But um, it's it's uh, it's always in your hands. So you, it's not like you can leave your phone at home and go somewhere. It's always on you. So they always know where you are 100% of the time at all times, unless you cut it out, which seems to be very painful. <laughs> um, and uh, just to continue this a little bit, um, you it basically works like with your phone now. You can scan your phone and pay with your phone, uh, and you can sell with your phone and stuff. But it's like that, but with a chip, okay? And basically, just like you use your phone on the scanners at, um, at a store, you basically walk up and you wave your hand in front of the scanner, and it, and it, 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 um, you can buy with it. <laughs> so that's strange. Um, and I'm pretty it's it's a thing you can volunteer for. So, 
all people, rich or poor, can get it. Um, so there's all the information so far on that. Um, but to connect that to end times prophecy... 13.16. Okay, so if you go into Revelation chapter 13, verse 16, it says, um, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their ha right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. All right, all right. So let's connect that to what I was just talking about with this chip. You can buy and sell with it, just like you could with your phone. All right. It's a volunteer thing, so rich and poor can get it. It's not It's not like involuntary yet. They they're not making you get it. That will only happen when the Antichrist arises, if this is the mark of the beast, okay? Just, I'm not saying it is. Just speculation. Um, and the fact that it's lining up with coronavirus, Bill Gates possibly using it as a vaccine, just seems very strange to me. Um, and in a way that, like, and this is 100% speculation, but, like, what if we, what if we came back and... Or what if we came back out of all of this? But they, because they were they were th considering mandatory um, testing, weren't they? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what if this gets lined up with that? So mandatory testing means you have to take this chip in order to, when this is all over, to go back in public. Mm -hmm. What what if you don't take this chip, and then when you go back in public, they're like, oh no, he might have the coronavirus because he hasn't taken the chip, and then people stay away from you. They won't let you buy or sell. They won't even let you in the stores. They don't, they don't want to hand, handle a currency you've mm -hmm. touched. Yeah, no. The only... Like, I would have some reasons why that wouldn't be it. For one thing, uh, the mark is connected with the name of the beast or the number of its name. Yes. But the thing is, this chip doesn't even have a name yet. They're just calling it a microchip. It's just a microchip, so they haven't even given it a name yet, nor is it really associated with a specific person yet. Okay. Because um, I can't find a name for it. I was trying so hard. They, literally, it's just called, like, the microchip. I think the closest I found to a name is a biochip, but... That's that's well, still not a, a name yeah. for it. Um, and then the other thing is that... Um, like, I've talked to Caleb about this before... The uh, short sometime after Daniel wrote his prophecy, call, talking about the abomination of desolation. Uh, I forget exactly how long. Anyway, anyway, um, there was a man named Antiochus Epiphanes, uh, who is what we call a type or a foreshadowing of the Antichrist. And he fulfilled the prophecy of the abomination of desolation. He gave it its first fulfillment um, in that he sacrificed a pig on the altar in the temple, which defiled the Jewish temple and made it so that they could not continue sacrifices because pigs were unclean. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, Hebrew prophecy is often fulfilled multiple times. Yeah. There's, a, there's a first near fulfillment to show that the prophecy is true. Uh, so, 
for example, Antiochus Epiphanes. His was the near fulfillment that showed that Daniel's prophecy was a true prophecy. And then it has a second fulfillment uh, years later, centuries, millennium later, uh, in the person that we will know as the Antichrist. Um, Oftentimes, a prophecy can be fulfilled two or three times before its final fulfillment. It's complete fulfillment. Uh, But Antiochus Epiphanes also gives us a foreshadowing of the mark of the beast. uh, Because while he was ruler over, I think it was Jerusalem and that area. uh, I forget exactly. He caused, he forced uh, in the marketplaces, he would he would set up these shrines to a god and in order to buy or sell in the marketplace you had to worship at the shrine then they would give you a mark on your forehead or on your arm to show that you had worshiped at the shrine and so the mark of the beast was intrinsically connected to worship of another god and in things like barcodes or chips in the arm or the hand, I don't see that aspect. I mean, it, it could be implemented later. Okay, but think about this. Think about how many things people have made gods now. So many people have made technology their god. So this... it may not be a, like an a idol with like a, like a, uh, a statue of a god, mm-hmm. but... It's still a god to so many people in the world right now. There's so many addictions on phones, and and there's so many people just just addicted mm-hmm. to like like there's people that can't can't spend five minutes away from their phone, and mm-hmm. technology is just a huge thing in today's world. So I think they already are worshiping, and and that's also possible. Um, but I. To me, I'm looking for something like a little more, like that's actually worshiping a god. Okay. Um, and I mean that aspect could get added to the chip somehow. Um, and I don't know how or even if necessarily, but it could. Or I could be totally wrong. That's also possible. Probably the most likely answer. <laughs> but. Um, like now you've kind of gotten both sides like Caleb's reasons why this would be the mark of the beast and my reasons why it wouldn't be necessarily and honestly I have no clue what the mark of the beast is I do know this is something that I found interesting Um, so um, so the number 666 which is the next verse here is wisdom let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you, Caleb. Now, wait, wait, real quick. So this is why I was trying to find the name of microchip earlier, of the microchip earlier. Because right. I was thinking the name might have something to do with 666, but they don't have a name for it yet. So. Okay. Sorry. Go um, so the interesting thing is, like 666, very classic number of the beast. Did you know that in some manuscripts it's six one six? Okay. And uh, I was reading something a long time ago um, where one author speculated that this could be because the symbol 
written down by John the Revelator was not Greek. And so when the Greek transcribers copied it, they tried to figure out what he wrote and they replaced it with the closest Greek characters they could find. So, Islamic people, I forget exactly what it, what the phrase is, but there's a three character Arabic phrase. I think it's um, Allah is great, followed by the crossed swords of jihad. I think. I could be wrong on that. But anyway, this symbol is very, very similar to the Greek numbers that form the number 666. Okay. Do you want to know what Islamic uh, peoples often do with those characters? What? They wear it on a band, on a cloth band. They put it on a cloth band and wear it around their right arm or their forehead. Huh. And that one specifically requires worship of another god. Because you have to worship Allah in order to wear that. Like, you can't wear that and worship Yahweh. Not, not in good conscience. And wearing that is a visible outward sign that would, in a Islamic-ruled world, theoretically, mean that you could not buy or sell unless you had it. Yeah. Again, like, I don't know if that's necessarily the route that it could go, but it could go that direction. Well, something I was thinking about earlier today, and now I find it in my notes, is... Uh... Three sixes might just indicate that the beast falls short of completion, comparing it to the number of completion in the Bible, seven. Mm-hmm. So if God's number is 777, then that would just show that the beast is not the true God. Mm-hmm. And it's... Yes. Um, also, you have to consider that the number of man is six. Where's that? Jew- Jewish numerology. Same place we get for the number of completion. Okay. Number of, number of man is six, and the number of sin is eleven. Okay. Um, there are other numbers that have significance, but... Oh my gosh! Number of man is six. Okay, this is totally no evidence for this whatsoever. Just my brain going crazy. It's been in the back of my mind. Okay, so what if Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, and Elon Musk formed a trio? Three men. Three six, men. Six six, 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 six. And they all put to working together on this ship going in the, fe- the head. That's an interesting theory, although... The book of Revelation does not refer to the beast or the Antichrist as three separate entities. No, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. That's but, true. But yeah. Anyway, this episode is running long. We're at 42 yeah. minutes. Oh, jeez. Okay. We should probably end it. Yeah. Yeah, we went a bit too far with this stuff. Sorry. You didn't get much of Job, did you? <laughs> no, but we had to stop there for a reason. Because we got lots of stuff to talk about next time. Yeah. Tune in next time for some interesting conversations. All right, Lord, thank you for this time that we've been able to to spend in your word and to spend talking and thinking about you and and your your plans the way the way the world is going the way it might it might be fulfilling prophecies in your word. Whatever happens, Lord, give us courage um, to to stand strong for you Lord in in whatever comes um, help us to remember that as you talk about in in Joshua in the book of Joshua uh, fear not 
I am with you, and and that that you will fight our battles. That you are going before us. That by the time we get there, the battle has already been won. And and help us remember that the ultimate battle, the final battle against death, has already been won. And the outcome of the final war between you and Satan, that outcome is also, although it hasn't happened yet, its outcome is sure. His destruction is prophesied and ordained. He might think he can get out of it, but God's gonna pick him up by the throat and like a little kid like a fire. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I compared that to a little kid. <laughs> it's very but, weird. But I promise I am throwing a new little kid in the fire. <laughs> Get that out. Thank you, Caleb. <laughs> Lord, thank you for this laughter. Thank you that we can laugh despite that. I remember the last time I said that. Thank you for the joy and the laughter and our ability to laugh in dark times. The world's gotten a lot darker since then. Especially... You said that this happened, I remember. Especially... Especially, like, in our corner of the world. Like, things weren't super bad in in my part of the world when I prayed that. But they've gotten a lot worse. And even still, like, I can see how how much worse they could get. But no matter how much worse this gets, we can still laugh. We can still laugh because life is a comedy. Everything's going to turn out all right in the end. However bad things get, they're going to be okay in the end. For us at least. Yeah, for us at least. Don't know about those other guys. Jesus, what's going to happen to them? Oh, don't worry about that, son. I'll take care of that. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Lord. Again, for this joy. For our ability to see humor in, in hard times. Thank you, Lord, for being with us. Amen. Amen. All right. Until next time. I'm Michael. And I'm Caleb. And this has been The, the Two Witnesses. When the solid ground is falling out from underneath my feet Between the black skies and my red eyes I can barely see When I realize I've been sold out by my friends and my family I can feel the rain reminding me In the eye of the storm In the middle of the war, you guard my soul You alone are the anchor, when my sails are torn Your love surrounds